give him praise, give him glory. Give him honor. We bless you, O oh Lord. We praise your holy name, O oh God. Hallelujah. 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 We lift you up, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, when we lift you up, when we glorify you, when we bless your name, hallelujah, that's when you do your work.
Hallelujah. Don't you love that name? Jesus. Hallelujah. Continue to worship. Amen. Can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise in the house today? He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. What a mighty God we serve today, ladies and gentlemen. Aren't you glad to be in church today? I'm excited. Next week we're going to be celebrating um, baby Rhett's dedication, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, J.D. and Hannah, we're going to be doing that next week, so we're excited about that next Sunday. Something to look forward to. A few announcements. I'm going to get right into the Word this morning. Um, cancel election coming up on August the 14th. If you would like to be considered for a position, there's three available this year. Just see myself or my administrative assistant, Ms. Sandra Mickler, there, and, uh, and she'll or I will take care of, uh, of the rest. VBS is coming up July 17th through 20th. And uh, next Saturday, this is an important announcement, July 9th at 4 p.m., they will be decorating for VBS. So if you're interested in helping with that, David and Ann sure would appreciate it. And then on July 17th, during that, we'll have a petting zoo. On July 20th, we'll have a water slide. So be sure to bring your kids, grandkids, for a time of fun and uh, learning the word. It's going to be a great, great week. Uh, phase 2 timeline, we've talked about that. Just so you know, remodel begins August the 8th. That means that our first service in the gym will be August the 7th. So when you roll in here August the 7th, we're going to have probably a sign up or something that just says go to the Family Life Center or gym. And uh, just be sure you're there August the 7th. And uh, back in the sanctuary, we're hoping by September 18th. That's not promised. Anytime I give dates, I find that they fail. And so I want to be careful with that. But we have been told that that may be the possible date that we're back in. And that's about, I think, six weeks or so. So that's the plans as of right now, the timeline for the work. And so we're hoping to be able to uh, accommodate you and get you back at September the 18th. 
into our new sanctuary, which we're super excited about. And uh, also, the uh, playground installation, uh, I announced it last week, is delayed until the end of July due to metal supplies. So, there you go. That's the updates going on in the church. I want to deal today with the topic I really want to teach to us today. I'm going to, every time I say I'm going to teach, I end up preaching. My wife has let me know that I don't know what it means to teach. She says that every time I say I'm going to teach, I preach harder than I normally preach. So I don't know what that means, but I'm going to try my best today to, to preach a fi to us. But I want to talk on a subject uh, entitled The Gift of Miracles. Anybody interested in the gifts of the Spirit? Do they, do they kind of interest you? They do me. And I could take the time today to go through every one of them, but I wouldn't have the time to do so. I will give you a quick synopsis really quick of the nine gifts of the Spirit, um, and we'll go through that. But let's read 1 Corinthians 12 first. I'm going to try my best to, to get through this today. I've got a pen over there. I want to make a note. I'm going to try my best to get through. Thank you. I'm going to try my best to get through this today in a timely fashion, but at the same time, I want to take my time to get it done. The Bible says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Now, he's not necessarily calling them dumb or stupid as a word we would use, but he's talking about gods that cannot or idols that cannot speak. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. I jotted down before I came in here this morning, I jotted down just a few gifts of the Spirit. There's nine of them in particular. Uh, the first three gifts would be what we'll call gifts of revelation. I wish I could teach on every one of them, but that's not the purpose of my sermon today. The first uh, gift of revelation would be the word of wisdom. The second would be the word of knowledge. The third would be discerning of spirits. And then we go into the next three gifts, which are gifts of inspiration, gifts of encouragement. These are the gifts of prophecy, where you speak a prophetic word over someone's life. And then we have diverse kinds of tongues, which is diverse tongues, even being able to speak in different languages when you're unable to do so by the Spirit of God. And then six is the interpretation of tongues. This is where, for instance, a message is given out in tongues. Someone else has the ability to interpret that tongue and that message and what the Spirit is saying to the church. But then we move on to the last three, which are known as the gifts of power. And those are the gifts of faith. And you'll notice that all these, they are, they are categorized into these three topics of revelation, inspiration, and power. Because they kind of work together, but yet they're somewhat different. You have the gift of faith. You have the gift of healing. And then you have what I want to talk about, the gift of miracles. You know, when I began to look the other day and I was thinking about the gifts of the Spirit and I was thinking about how that many of the gifts of the Spirit are, are not discussed anymore. Matter of fact, in our churches, we've gotten to the place that very seldom do you hear people teach or talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm trying to figure out why, but I think I have. The reason we don't want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit in the church is because very few churches see the gifts of the Spirit in operation in their church. And so when we look at the gifts of the Spirit, quite frankly, now I cannot preach this or teach this or read these scriptures without a sense of conviction coming over my own life. Anybody with me today? Because I feel like that, that there's so much more that God has for me that I have yet to tap into. A matter of fact, I'll go as far as to say I know that there are so many things that God has for me that I am yet to tap into. There is power that God has set aside just for me to function and to operate in that I have failed to tap into. That brings me under conviction. It makes me want to draw closer to God because listen to me, I am not a status quo kind of guy. I am not a let's just get by kind of guy. I am a guy that if I want the best of what God has for us, 
I don't want just a church that goes through the motions. If that's what I'm going to have, then send me to some chosen, frozen church down the road that doesn't believe in the Holy Ghost. Because that's where I need to be. But as long as I'm in a Pentecostal church, and I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the working of the Holy Spirit, then I, I cannot read through the book of Corinthians without this scripture grabbing me and saying, why in the world aren't we seeing the gifts of the Spirit functioning more than we are today? Now, when you start talking about gifts of the Spirit, the most, most uh, I guess one of the most well-known would be the gift of healing. We talk about people getting healed. We talk about the gift of miracles. But we really, they're minimally discussed, to be honest with you. But the fact that they are minimally discussed is no indicator of the lack of availability that God has to the church today. So in other words, our lack of discussing it or talking about it does not diminish the fact that it is available for the church but I'm afraid that the lack of their visibility, seeing the evidence of happening in our lives, it is the lack of the visibility that is indicative that somebody, somewhere down the line, that we have become unwilling to utilize and find the key that God has for these gifts of the Spirit in our lives and in our churches. It is meant for us to utilize these gifts. Let me tell you, the key unlocks the storehouse that God has for us. And the storehouse that God has for his church, ladies and gentlemen, is greater than we can even begin to imagine, think, or dream possible. Now, if you're interested in just going through the motions, then this word is not for you today. If you are just satisfied with coming to church and just give me a good old pat on the head and pat on the back and make me feel good about myself, even when I know I've been bad this week, if that is your kind of sermon, today's not your day. Because today we are dealing with the fact that there is this huge storehouse that God has. There are nine gifts that God has promised to us. They are in this huge storehouse, spiritual warehouse, we could call it. And God wants us to get the key and begin to unlock the door to what is on the inside. See, the storehouse is not just for your offerings. The storehouse is not just for your tithes. The storehouse is not just for you to bless the Lord with your talents. The storehouse is some things that God has that he wants to give the church. I don't know about you, but I want to get inside the storehouse and see what God's got for me. I refuse to sit on the outside, so I need to get the key. What is the key? The key, Paul said, is to desire, to covet earnestly with a yearning deep inside whatever the desired gift is at the time of that need is the gift that we should desire. If a word of prophecy is needed then we should say God use me in the gift of prophecy. If the gift of healing is needed we should have people that are praying use me in the gift of healing. If there's a miracle in the house that seems impossible, we need to pray that God would use us. Whatever the gift is that needs to be used at that moment in time is the best gift. And God says, I want you to earnestly yearn for it, covet it. You know, I was thinking today, I was on my way and I thought about, you know, we all got vehicles, I guess. Anybody drive a horse and buggy to church today? Anybody? ATVs, right? Yeah. No, most of you drove a car, you drove a truck. And I was thinking how that our vehicles are equipped to service our families, right? They are equipped with potential. But do you know the only way that you unlock that potential? You can go to your car right now if it's got electric windows. And you can go roll down your window. Guess what? It ain't going nowhere, honey. You can have air conditioner in your car and you can sit down in it and you can turn the air conditioner on. The air conditioner's not cutting off. You're going to die of a heat stroke. I hate to tell you. Until you what? Anybody with me? Until you get that little small key and you put it in the ignition. This is for us old school people. We still have a key. So for you new school people, so I, I, I touch everybody in the house, maybe you've got a key fob. That is the fancy word for a key. 
but it's still the key to that vehicle. And when you get in there and you turn that ignition or you push that button or however you do it, the key or the fob has to be present in the car. It is not until that key is used that the potential, the full potential of your vehicle starts happening. The AC works. The radio comes on. The sunroof, moonroof will roll back. Everything that your car has the capabilities of doing, it is all unlocked by a key. And I wonder, God, that there was somebody in this church today that would say, God, give us the key to the storehouse because we are tired of being underneath what God wants us to be. We want to reach our full potential. Give me the key. I'll unlock the door. Until the key is found. And it is the sense of, of coveting earnestly the gift. That manufacturer has everything built in. All you have to do is release it. How in the world can I adequately describe to us today what the full potential of the spirit in the church looks like? I wish to God today that the spirit would just take over and just say things through me that I didn't even realize just so I could let you understand that there is so much potential right here in this church. If we could just get the key, the door can be unlocked. Now, now I want to challenge you for just a moment. I turn on my time there, Chevy. How often, how often... How often do you ask, this is, this is a challenging question, how often do you get ready to pray and you ask the Lord, Lord, would you use me in the gifts of the Spirit? I mean, seriously, I'm talking, I mean, you get down to pray and that is your prayer. God, I'm earnestly desiring that you would use me in this gift. Father, there's a need in my, on my job. There's a lady that's struggling. Lord, I'm asking you to give me a word of knowledge. Y'all ready for this kind of preaching, or I should say teaching, right? Are we ready for this? Is there something in our life that we say, wait a minute, God, there's a need that's arise. If God shows you there's a need, there's a reason he lets you see it. Amen. It is not so you can look at it and walk on by. The, the reason God has allowed you to see the need in people's life is because he wants to use you to change it. He wants to use you to touch it. He wants to use you to unlock that key and be utilized in the gifts of the Spirit. He wants that. So how often do we get down and pray, God, would you use me in this gifting? I dare say today that 90% of us very seldom do that. I do it. I don't do it every day since we're just being honest. Isn't that a shame? Because I should be. We should be. Because this is the un, this is the hidden potential that is waiting to be released and unlocked into this church right here, Gap Hill Church of God. And I'm telling you, I need some people that will get an earnest desire to where they covet it, to where they're laying in their bed at night and they're saying, God, would you use me in that gift? I need some people that will say, God, I want you to take me a little deeper than I am right now. I need somebody in this church that will say, God, if nobody else would do it, guess what? Here am I, send me, I will go. Jesus is looking for somebody to unlock the door. But, but, but we feel, some, some, you know, some people would like to use the lack of visibility of the gifts of the Spirit as a crutch. They would like to use it as an indictment against God, which means a, a charge or an accusation against God to attempt to justify their statement that was said many, many years ago. And this is what it was. The days of miracles are over. Did anybody ever hear that? There was even theologians. There's theologians today that you study. And I've, I've studied these things. I've researched it. I've come across theologians in my study books as I was studying it. And it said, wait a minute. The gifts of the Spirit, they no longer function. They no longer operate. The gifts of the spirits died with the last apostle. What a sad church world we live in then. i got to tame down my message if that's the case. Because I want you to understand this. Any perceived lack of the miraculous activity, it is not an indictment against God at all. He has never changed. God 
God is more consistent than your spouse will ever be to you. God is more consistent than your best friend. God is more consistent than you are. If God said he'll do it, honey, he is going to do it. Put it in the bank. It is God that started a work in you. And it is God that is going to bring in the past. You've got to understand. You've got to believe that. God's never changed. So if there's an indictment today that needs to be brought, guess who it's on? You guessed it. It's the people of God. It is me. It is you. Because we have not chosen to utilize the key to unlock the storehouse of the promises of God. Listen to me. I'm going to give you this. For every doubter, for everybody that says the gifts of the Spirit are no longer functioning, that they died, the days of miracle are over, they died with the apostles. Can I tell you something about what I just read to you? Paul did not write this letter to Timothy. Is everybody still with me? He didn't write it. To Philemon. When he wrote this book, he was writing it to the church of Corinth. Oh God, are y'all ready? So if, if, if if, if the miracles have died, if the gifts are dead, if they're obsolete, if there's no need for me to desire them or to pray for them, then why in the world did God tell the pastor, I need you to get up and I need you to tell that church that there's nine gifts of the Spirit and there's a body out there, there's diverse kinds of gifts, and I want to bless the body with the gifts of the Spirit. It is going to change the world forever when the power of the Holy Spirit begins to work in the church like that. People are not going to be able to deny that there's not a God in heaven. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? Oh, God help us. So he is indicating that a church, it is possible, it is God's will, that a church have all the gifts working. Are y'all ready for this? There are many members, but God chooses to work with certain people with certain gifts. That means, sure, God could use you if, if he wants to use you in the gifts of the Spirit, he can use you in all nine of them. There's no doubt in that. God doesn't have to say, all right, I'm going to give you this gift. That's the only gift you're ever going to operate in. I don't believe in that. I believe that God, to the believer, that God can give whatever the situation calls for, the crisis calls for, God can give them the gift to operate in that moment because they're full of the Holy Ghost. Watch this, folks. When all the gifts are working, the best gift, regardless of what is going on in the churches, this is what Paul is trying to tell the people. The moment will, the the gift will always surface to the moment. It don't matter what it is. So this is why it is so important that we as a church desire the gifts of the Spirit being utilized among the body of Christ. It is not for your glory. It is for the edification of the body of Christ. Oh, God. So let me hurry. Number one, I got to give you three. Number one, the definition of a miracle. What is a miracle? A miracle, by definition, is a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. It is a temporary suspension of the accustomed order. That means that the law of gravity and time and space and all these things, they don't matter anymore. God suspends all of that in a moment so that he can perform his will. Watch this. It is an interruption of the system of nature as we know it, operated by the force of the Spirit. Anything that God does that doesn't follow what we'll call a prescription or a predetermined course of nature, all right? That's a miracle. Much is said about miracles. You know, you you have the miracle of the natural birth. You know, when a baby is born, anybody know what I'm talking about? People sit back and say, whoo, that's a miracle, right? But there's a predetermined course for that baby to be here. God said to man and woman, that's right, sorry for all the June lovers out there that was celebrating Pride Month last month. God said, let a man and a woman come together in in holy matrimony and then let them go and be fruitful, multiply, have children. Children are a heritage of the Lord. You got a quiver full of bows. Blessed is the man whose quiver's full of them. 
So God says, have children, have babies. I've been trying to tell y'all that for the longest. <laughs> have babies. They are a blessing from the Lord, right? Watch this. Watch this. Oh, God have mercy. I'm feeling this today. It's a natural course. You go, you multiply, you do it. But see, I think about Cal and Cal, and I can't help it, guys. I kept that so long. Y'all wouldn't let me tell anybody. <laughs> but see, without getting all the details, that's, that's not important. The point is that I had sat with that couple in my office. I had prayed with that couple that God would give them a child. They waited, and they were trying their best to, to go through a adoption. I guess they're still in the process, to my understanding. But going through that adoption course, you know why? Because it wasn't the natural order of things. They had already been told medically, this thing is impossible, right? It's not a predetermined course of action. It is not a prescribed plan. There was no prescription. Amen. That's what you call, is anybody ready? A miracle. Amen. That is when God gets in the way of humanity and the divinity of God stands in the way and says with all of your human knowledge it is not good enough. With all of your human medicine it is not good enough. With all of your doctors it is not good enough. When God steps in the way and says I'm about to do something that the doctor's going to say wow. I'm going to do something that the doctor is going to say and he's not even going to realize he's declaring God is so good when he looks at you and says there's no explanation it's a it's a miracle Woo, can we give God some praise in this house right now so the kind of miracle that Paul was writing about in the text is that of a supernatural act happening on a natural plane it is a miracle it happens when divinity steps in and intervenes in human affairs the Greek word, and i got to tell you this really quick, is called dynamis. Now, what does dynamis mean? It means, I'll give you several meanings. The first one is it is a sudden intervention of almightiness. Woo! I love that word, almightiness. That just sounds great, doesn't it? It's like, that's how big my God is. Take that. It is sudden. See, a miracle comes when it's unexpected. That's what makes a miracle a miracle. When you weren't expecting it to come and all of a sudden out of nowhere the miracle comes. It means the working or impelling or staggering wonders or astonishment. It means the outworking of almighty interventions. That means when God makes it visible to everybody, the almighty has come in this situation. Watch this, watch this. This is my favorite. It meant an explosion of almightiness. I mean, I get excited. That just stirs me up. And a literal explosion of God. Woo! Just when you think God couldn't do it anymore, he blows your mind again. When you thought it was over, God does it yet. The explosions of God's almighty. You didn't see any hope. You didn't see any future. You didn't even have any plans. But all of a sudden, God... Woo! Some of you act like you don't even know what I'm talking about today. I was sitting in my house last night and I heard. I thought, my goodness, what's wrong with people? Seriously. I, mean, I don't know how people afford it. I mean, my goodness, have y'all priced fireworks lately? I got some of them little things. I'm going to let my kids, they can light them up and just throw them around. Like, hey, woo, spinners, yay, like we did when they were kids, you know? I got some of those in the garage. Just blowing up money. Maybe that's the conservative in me. I don't know. But every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, God. That was $10. That, was, that package was 100 We all, We already done. We having a 30-second fireworks show. Get <laughs> Six Mile had to cancel theirs this year. You know why they canceled it? They said we can't afford it. I got an email said we're not having it this year. They're too expensive. But I heard those fireworks going off. My dog running around like a crazy. That she drools and acts all retarded. Well, I'm sorry to use that word. That's a bad word, Brian. Acting all crazy and stuff. 
And I thought to myself, when I heard all of that, I said, my goodness, what if God would do that for us? Because God wants to. Right here in this house today, there are people that have diverse needs of miracles. Some of them are in your body. Some of them are in your mind. Some of them are in your addictions. Some of them are in your marriage. Some of them are in your finances. But as I heard those fireworks going off and I knew what the definition of miracle was in the Greek, I said, God, would you send an outburst? Would you send an explosion all throughout the house at Gap Hill Church of God? Show us your almightiness. Oh, God, i got to hurry. So there's a distribution of miracles. God chooses to use people. Who does he use? He uses just common, ordinary people who have paid the price of commitment. We cannot function in these gifts until we're willing to pay the price to operate in them. Acts chapter 5, 12 is very telling. When it said, by the hands of the apostles... There were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. The blind were seeing, the lame were walking, the dumb were talking. Things were happening that were against the natural order. The Pharisees and Sadducees thought, if God's going to use somebody's hands, it ought to be mine. We're holy. We fast. We pray. We're better than these other people. So if God's going to use hands, use these hands. We are holy people. But God said, no, 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 no. I want to use the hands of ordinary people. This blows my mind. It blows my mind. God said, wait a minute. If I'm going to use the hands of somebody, come here, Peter. That's the hands of a fisherman. What does he know about anything? Has anybody caught a fish? Anybody like fishing? I fish. I'm going to tell you something. You can't get the, does anybody know how to get the smell of fish off your hands? I don't care what you try. I've Googled it. I've done lemon juice. I've done Gojo. I've done every other kind of joke. It don't work. Smell like fish. I've been out there fishing. And back in those days, that wasn't a tip-top job. That was on the lower end of the spectrum. But God said, when I get ready to do miracles, come here, Peter, because you're going to be the guy that's going to say, silver and gold, have I none? But such as I have, I'm going to give to you in the name of Jesus. Give me a hand, boy. You are about to rise up and you are about to walk. God said, I'm going to use the hands of fishermen. I'm going to use the hand of a tax collector. I'm going to use the hand of everyday people. It blows my mind that God would use human men and women through which his hand touches us. And then he works through our hands. Wow, wow, and again I say wow. It blows my mind with all my flaws that God would want to use somebody like me. But God does. He does. And he wants to use you too. So God seeks out those today that will unlock the door, get the key, pray earnestly, unlock the door, and he can use them for his glory to benefit his people, to benefit his church. See, for too many years, we took people and we glorified them. We made it out that they were some kind of special person. Come on tonight. It wasn't that they were special. It was just that they were willing to pay the price. And they got the key. And we didn't. And when they got the key, God said, I can use that. Let me tell you, the secret to success is not that when you do things, it is for your glory. The secret to any successful ministry, to any successful Christian operating and functioning in the holy power of God, the key to success is this. It's for his glory. Amen. You better get that down now. Because if you think God's going to use you so you can get a pat on the back, you're wrong. If you think God's going to use you like that just so people will respect you and revere you and when you walk by they want to kiss your ring, too bad, baby. It's not going to happen because the only people God operates through are people that will say, I can't believe God would use these hands. I can't believe I'm not even worthy. But God uses them through the power of the Spirit. It's a miracle, folks. It's a miracle. 
Oh, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. To another, the working of miracles. There's a distinction of miracles, and I, I got to close with this. Just give me five minutes, and I'm going to close. There's some miracles that happen. I'll call them miracles of deliverance. You know them. Things that are against law of nature. Against all of the things that science says. But Moses stands at a red sea. And he knows he's about to be devoured. And God says, what is that in your, your hand? Your ordinary hand. Nothing special about these hands. The only thing special about you, Moses, is that you grab the key. When I said, go, who will I send? You grabbed the key, and you went and spoke over Pharaoh, and you told him, thus saith the Lord. You unlocked something, son. Now you take that rod, you hold it over this sea, and all of a sudden, the greatest sea of their day, the Red Sea, it begins to part, one on this side, one on the other side. And they walk across on what? Dry that is impossible. Amen. But not when the divine steps in. Amen. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. There's three Hebrew boys. They will not bow. I don't care what you do, what you say. Heat it up seven times hotter. Let's make it tough on them. They'll recant after a while. We're not quitting, Jane. We want to be known today. If God doesn't deliver us, we're still going to serve him. We're still going to believe. We're still going to trust. But they had unlocked something that they did not realize. They had unlocked the gift of faith like we have never seen before. When they looked at that fire and says, my God is able to deliver us. And that day he threw them in the fire. And you know the story. Old Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Bible said that when they looked over the side, they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power over them. I love that. The Bible went on to say the hair of their head was not singed. The garments did not even smell like smoke. Amen. Woo! Ugh, I've tried it. I've gotten too close to the fire before. I got a gas stove. I crank that baby up sometime and I reach over to grab something. I can smell the hair just a second. You cannot take a man, needless to say, three men, and throw them into a hot burning fire that the people that are throwing them in are dying because it's so hot and they're not even touching it. No, you can't do that. That's impossible. But divinity stepped in. Because there is a fourth man in the fire. And it appears that that is the son of God. Oh, God Almighty. See, there's some of you here today that you don't see a way out of your situation. But I have come to tell you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that if you'll look a little closer, the fire is not killing you. The fire is not harming you. There is a fourth man in the fire. I believe his name is Jesus. He's still walking in the fire. He can still protect you. He can still keep you. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? It's a miracle. Storms raging, the disciples think they're going to die, but all of a sudden he stands up and says, Peace be still. He walks on water. Peter walks on water. It's impossible. No. Not with divinity. I still believe that God can give you a miracle of deliverance. Go to the piano, or you're already at the piano. Just start playing the piano. How does that sound? Watch this. I want to give you miracles of extended time as I hurry along. The sun stood still for Joshua, the Bible said, so that he could win a battle. That means that there was more daylight than nighttime. Amen. Divinity stepped in. That doesn't happen. The sun rises, the sun sets. I have an app that tells me every day, sunrise is the X time. Sunset is the X time. It's the course of nature. But when divinity steps in, 
sun stands still. It's about like speaking the mountains. And they move. It's impossible. The sundial turned back for Hezekiah and his well. Even on Hezekiah's life, there was a miracle of extended time. He was about to die. God sent Isaiah, the man of God, with a message from the Lord. It said, man of God, get your house in order, or you shall die, and you shall not live. That was the message. I read it in my Bible. I know it's in it. But as Isaiah has left the king's court, and he is walking to go home thinking, man, I get tired of all these depressing prophecies. I wish to God I could give somebody good news every now and then. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and said, God, I've served you. I've been faithful to you. Would you please just give me a little more time? The man of God walking out the courtyard of the king. Over his head, he hears the word of the Lord and says the gift of the prophetic is about to operate in you again. Man of God, turn around. You walk back into that same palace. You walk into that same room where there's a sick king laying on his bed. And you look at him and say, the Lord has heard your prayer. You're going to have 15 more years. That's impossible. also in the New Testament Jesus who is eternal life and the only way to heaven. I leave you with this. Don't provoke it. The days of miracles regardless of what some may say I declare to you today they are not over. And I declare to you today through the Spirit that they are available just like the Apostle Paul spoke to the church of Corinth I am speaking to the church of Gap Hill and I am telling you that they are available for the church right now, today. You don't believe it? Hebrews 13. You don't believe it? Jesus Christ is the same. I could stop it right there and shout, praise God, let it be so. But because we're humans and we're peasants and sometimes we don't think things through, God said, I'm going to break it down for you, all right? Let me break it down. Simple layman terms. Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday. Today. And how long? Forever. What God is trying to say to his church is if he was able to perform a miracle then, he is able to perform a miracle right now. If he is able to perform a miracle right now, until the day of his return, he is a miracle working God. Let the church say amen. Let it be so. So today I say to you in closing, seek God and ask Him to use you in miracles. Use you in healing. Use you in words of encouragement. Use you in words of prophecy. Use you in interpretation of tongues so that the church can hear from God. Whatever it is, whatever the need is, listen to me. It is all about availability. Are you ready? Availability. The gifts are available to those that are available. Did y'all get that? The gifts are available to everyone that is available. 
Because if they, the gifts, are in fact meant for us, the church, and we aren't operating or functioning in them, then we are doing this church a major disservice. We are doing our members a major disservice. Furthermore, we are doing the world out there a major disservice. Is there anybody in the house today other than me that you want God to use you in the gifts? Any of the gifts? Whatever's needed, Lord. That's what you use me for. If you're that person, I need you singing. I need you right now. Whether you kneel at your pew, whether you come to this altar, however you do it, I want you right now to say, God, whatever is needed, I want that gift operating in me. I want that gift functioning. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. 